Hey, this is Tyler with My Retro Life, and you're listening to The Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC. In each episode, I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for Sega. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sega Lounge. Hope you had a good week, and I sincerely hope you enjoyed last week's episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, I urge you to go back and do that. It was a lot of fun to record. Not so much to edit, but it's always a lot of fun to have my community friends around the lounge to talk about our favorite Sega memories. Whether you're a fan of Alex Kidd or not, I'm sure you'll enjoy the content we put out for you last week. It's a great way to get excited about the 35th anniversary of this legacy Sega series and for next month's release of Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX. Okay, Casey, stop gushing about last week's episode and talk about this week's guest. Fine, fine. Let's do that. This week, we have the return of one of our Season 1 guests. Back in July 2014, on Episode 7... Me and my co-host at the time, Donnie, sat down with Tyler Esposito, who, at the time, had a YouTube channel called The Sega Channel. We recorded the show at 4am my time, and we were in the early days of our Radio Sega show, which makes it very cringy for me to listen back to. But you can do it if you want. Go to thesegalounge.com 7, and you'll find the episode ready to stream or download. Pro tip? You can do that with any episode number. The segalounge.com slash episode number will take you to the page of said episode. Handy, huh? Anyway, seven years later, I thought it was about time I caught up with Tyler, especially since a lot has happened on his life since we last spoke. He became a father, he rebranded his YouTube channel, took a break from it, rebranded it again and came back, and he is just a massive Sega fan with a lot of memories. For those not familiar with Tyler, he is a director and actor and the creative mind behind the My Retro Life video series, which focuses on his experience as a gamer and video game collector from a young age. He comes from a family of creative people, and in fact, all the footage he has of his younger years was recorded by his dad. Tyler is a massive Sega fan, and footage of him and his family playing games has been featured on the Console Wars documentary. So here's my chat with Tyler Esposito of the My Retro Live channel. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Tyler. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. Hey, how, how are you, you doing, David? I'm, I'm awesome. Thank you very much for joining me again. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's crazy. It's what been like since 2014. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just checked July 17th, 2014, episode number seven of this show. Oh my show. gosh, that's so, so crazy. It's been a while, it's been a while. 
uh, at the time you were, and so we're, we're gonna since we we probably have people listening to us right now that uh, were not listeners of the Sega Lounge back then. So we'll we'll probably start with uh, a few things that we already mentioned last time, but just for people to know you a little bit better, your history with games and your history with with Sega itself. At the time, you you were here uh, talking about your Sega channel, which yeah, is now wow. something completely different. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, not it, completely, but a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the name of my my YouTube YouTube channel, and yeah, I was I was just that's funny you said that because that really means it was a long time ago because that was the first um, channel name that the channel went through. It became I Retro Gamer, mm-hmm. and um, that lasted for quite a while, and then um, we took a hiatus from YouTube. I took some time to really kind of go through some some personal stuff I was dealing with and uh, some things I needed to take care of in my own life and um, came back in uh, 20, uh, 2020, I guess it was, uh, mm-hmm. to have having a new, we relaunched the channel in 2020 as My Retro Life, which is the name of the series that I produce um, on the on the channel. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the Sega Lounge in a way, because I, I also took some time off and came back last year. And oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and you were on the list of uh, of uh, guests to to have on the show last season, but for some reason it never happened. So I'm really, really glad you're that you're back uh, this season to to talk a little bit more about your your projects and your your you know. Your Sega love, your love for Sega. <laughs> Any chance I can get to talk about Sega, man. Excellent. I'll, I'll always jump at that. So thank you for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. So let's start from the beginning. So briefly, um, last time you were here, you talked about uh, how you your first game was Space Harrier, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, that was like my first, uh, version. first video game uh, as far as I was ever told that I ever played was Space Harrier, and it was uh, in the arcade. And mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what we talked about last time, but specifically the story even goes that I was a little kid, like a toddler, uh, and I was at the movie theater to see the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what my parents would tell me, that, yeah, that's where you, fir- that's where you played your first video game was Space Harrier. And um, the arcade version and the Mm-hmm. Then I played the Master System version of that, uh, a neighbor, about a year later after that initial encounter, um, uh, a neighbor friend, little boy, had a Master System and he had a Nintendo. So he, I got to see what both of them were like. It was crazy. I know that was, that was rare back then. And of course, my family ended up going gaming crazy, but it was <laughs> rare to see a Nintendo and a Sega back in those days. Uh, uh, a kid owned both a master system and a Nintendo. So yeah, he had the, he had space Harrier on the master system and I used to play it at his house. And then years later I collected the master system. Um, around 1994, I started collecting for that system. And when I got space Harrier, it, it, um, th- and you can see it in the, my retro life video for se- the Sega master system collecting with dad in the nineties video. Um, the, the dad got footage of me 
basically telling the story. It's funny. It's a story within a story of me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm on camera saying, wow, I remember this music. I remember Space Harrier. And I, I say in the video, it was my first experience with nostalgia. Yeah. Um, and, and so that game always has been very special to me because I know that I can trace my original, like, kind of spark for loving all things nostalgic kind of goes back all the way to that game. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think I mentioned this last time you were here, but uh, I was listening back to part of the, the episode, uh, and you mentioned Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I think... It was either my first or my second movie that I ever, you know, went to the movies to, to watch. Uh, it wow. was either either that was the first one or The Land Before Time. Those are the two that I remember oh, that man. I associate with Me too, going man. to are the you, movies. Are you, thir- are you 35 by any chance? Uh, I'm, I'm turning 37 this year. Okay, but so you're close, th- I ju- but close. I just turned 35. Okay. So uh, yeah, we're we're very close. We're close in age, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Because so, you said Land Before Time, that was another one of my first films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know which one it was. Uh, it, it's actually probably easy to to know just by looking at the dates when they uh, came out. But uh, but I, I actually never never thought of looking out looking for that. But those are in my mind the first two films that I ever watched. At a movie theater, and they wow. have a, a really special place in my heart. So yeah, and ditto, man. Excellent, same, excellent. Same with me. Yeah. So you you mentioned last time you were here, you mentioned that you mentioned your love for the Master System, but you also mentioned that at some point uh, you you had a, a, a an NES. Uh, yes. Because there yeah, was so, something yeah. that happened. <laughs> Would you yeah, like to my, tell my, that story again? <laughs> sure, sure. My dad, um, so he, he was noticing that I was getting into video games and our neighbor friend, the same neighbor friend I mentioned before, he had a Master System and a Nintendo, but he had the Master System version of Ghostbusters. And that was the first game that I could really kind of control on my own and really get into. Um, I would play the driving segments. Mm-hmm. in that game and they had the master system version so dad and mom discussed it they wanted to get me a video game console for christmas of 1989 so dad went out to um toys r us because that was the place and um p- picked up a sega master system and i don't know what it was i don't know if if he was kind of catching wind or hearing somewhere that there was something it looked to him like the master system was on its way out like he could tell here in america in 1989 it was very obvious that nintendo was much bigger yeah and the master system looked like it was kind of dying so um he uh actually called up sega of america he had this kind of you know the foresight to call up sega of america and he asked them this is back before the internet uh, so you had to actually call companies like this you couldn't <laughs> just email and stuff. So he called their 1-800 number or whatever number it was and spoke to a representative on the phone. And he asked, so are you, uh, are, what's going on with this master system? Are you going to support it? And they told him of, of the phone, sorry, sir, 
it's true what you're what you're seeing. Uh, we are phasing out the master system. We have a brand new system called the Sega Genesis, and uh, the master system is going. We're going to phase it out. And um, he saw and he knew. I think he looked up the Genesis, or you know, looked up. I said, but maybe saw it in the store. He he went back to the store, and the the Sega Genesis just looked too adult. It looked too. Um, scary with the altered yeah. beast logo and you know the altered beast too aggressive thing. too aggressive right so he uh he made a decision to go with the nintendo at that point because that was the clear choice and the clear winner and there was a ghostbusters game the same game was on the nes although i will say we found out later or really right right then after we got it that the master system version was a lot better <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I got my Nintendo. And it's so funny because, you know, my heart was always for Sega, you know, years later when we got the Genesis, eventually a few years later when I was old enough, uh, you know, dad felt I was old enough to, to kind of handle it. I wouldn't be so scared with it. Um, we became Sega, just huge Sega fans, mm -hmm. but it's crazy that it all started with the Nintendo for me. But it was very close to being. I was very close to starting off as a Sega kid. <laughs> um, yeah, I find know. it funny because you you uh, obviously had a, a great love and great passion for the Master System. No, um, and you also mentioned, and we're probably going to talk about that the the, the Sega Master System dot com domain uh, that you once owned. Uh, yeah. But you didn't start. It didn't start there. It started with the NES. So it's, it's funny to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it is it's funny to me too. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, one of the things that I've, whenever I bring up your channel to to people, uh, to friends and stuff, because I I love your channel and I love not not just my retro life how it is right now, but you know the other iterations as well. You have. Um, so your journey as a, a gamer has been well documented by your father, right? Yeah. Uh, which is something that is not, that we don't see every day. Um, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Is that because of uh, your family's uh, background as creative people? Is, is that yeah. why you feel that that happened? I, I would say that's, that's exactly right. Um, Dad was an independent filmmaker. In the 80s, he actually went out to California for a while. He sold... So I come from an entertainment family. My grandfather was um, an inker for Marvel in DC in the Silver Age of comics. Mm -hmm. He drew Spider-Man and uh, Wonder Woman was another big comic that he was a part of. And uh, we... Um, so we just had that background in our family and, and dad loved entertainment. He loved, you know, uh, cinema. My grandfather wanted to be an animator for Disney. So there was a huge, before he became a comic book artist. So there was a huge love for Disney in the, in the family and then film as a result. And dad, uh, took a shine to filmmaking in the eighties and really pursued that as a career. And he made some independent films. He sold all of, his comics collection in the seventies, which included number ones and number twos of stuff <laughs> like spider. Cause, cause he, cause grandpa worked for, uh, worked for Marvel. So we, he had easy access to a lot of yeah. these early issues and stuff. 
And, uh, it was, it was nuts. He used to always lament the fact that he, he sold the stuff in the seventies to, to move out to California when if he had held on to it, I mean, you're talking about, <laughs> you, you'd be a rich, a rich person. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you held on to that stuff. So you, you never think it's going to be that no, big of a deal, well, right? <laughs> no, you don't. And you, you got to think that in the seventies, think about that time in that place. Comic mm -hmm. books were still not really viewed as this like art mm -hmm. um, or, you know, this, this, it was kind of still looked at as like kid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until the eighties and not really the nineties and beyond that it started to get this other kind of, and especially now it's, you know, it's, it's looked at with such and, high and regard. Even the, the, the nostalgia of it as well. Right. So it's, we've seen people, um, it, it's a, a pop culture thing now that, you know, things that are now regarded as uh, important or uh, anchors of other times and of entertainment are now things that people want to hold on to, to collect, to yeah. to sell. So it, it wasn't like that back then. Yeah, it really wasn't. Um, and I think it's interesting. You're starting to see that with video games now. Um, mm -hmm. vi video games are, are really in the public eye right now. Very, the pop culture for it is huge. The collecting scene is so huge now, uh, especially due to COVID and, and stuff like that. Um, has really, I think, sparked people's nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, go it, it goes in waves. It's weird. You know, this nostalgia is super powerful. And then when you get to a certain age, you see all of a sudden a resurgence for that love of whatever that thing was. So yeah, comic books in the, in the nineties, you know, were, became huge because people got all nostalgic for it. And what was once a kid's thing, those kids are now adults and they yeah. want to collect it and they, they love it. They, they love it. The parents didn't necessarily get it or love it, but now they're adults and they, they mm -hmm. love it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how um, it all started for you as well. So you were part of an entertainment family. Your, your father liked to record those special family moments um, involving yes, video games as well, right? Your, your question was, you know, is that why? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, dad was an independent filmmaker. And when, when we, you know, when he started, he, he and my mom had a baby, me, uh, they, they were like, okay, well, we need to... Uh, settle down a bit, raise a family. So he kind of, kind of left the film industry, kind of stopped pursuing that, started, uh, you know, got, got a day job and, and really started building a career in marketing and advertising. And so, um, he started, yeah, he took that love of film though. He, he, he took that love of, of filmmaking and injected it into our home movies. And, and, and he, he loved to film everything because, It, it kind of became his little outlet for, for doing the film thing still, even though he had, you know, largely abandoned it, um, as a career choice. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so he, it became, you know, the home movies were his, his movies, his little, his little short films, his little independent <laughs> films. Um, and that's what's so cool about the My Retro Life series and what I've, what I've always taken from it, what I get out of it the most is being able to take what he shot 
out of love for his family, but also love for filmmaking and love for for that. And I, I'm able to edit those. I'm almost like taking them and like turning them into the stories that he almost maybe maybe he saw in his head or or you know, I, I'm I'm telling the stories. Um and it, it almost feels like we're working together in a way. <laughs> you know, it's it's a really special thing, especially uh, and a lot of people know, but for those listening that maybe don't know, uh, dad passed away back in 2007. So mm-hmm. the whole series is in tribute to him, but not just in tribute to him, it's in tribute to a childhood filled with video games and, and love for video games. And um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, a, it's super special all around. For yeah, me. definitely. And I think it shows to to the the viewers who who uh you know watch every video that you put out i think it shows the the love for video games and the love for your father's vision as well recording those videos and that was amazing i think i i was actually talking to a friend the other day uh i told him that i would be talking to you and um we we were like you know our parents had probably had video cameras as well. I know mine did, but we recorded or they recorded other things, not exactly when I got a video game or new video game or when I got a, when I was playing a certain game because those weren't important moments uh, for them because they weren't into video games. They didn't see video games probably the way that your father did, which right. is awesome, right? And I think it, it shows the love that he had for video games and, and for you guys uh, shows in those videos as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, it really does. Excellent, excellent. So we've, we've covered a few things that we mentioned before, but I wanted to go back to that SegaMasterSystem.com story as well because you, at some point, owned that domain, right? Yes. Yes. Sega Master like I still do, actually. Oh, you still do? I still do have it, yeah. I got the domain. Um, I don't do anything with it other than uh, forward it to a um, fan site called Sega8bit.com, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which you might be familiar with, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I've kind of always been somewhat affiliated with that, with that website because when they came out, I was still doing SegaMasterSystem.com. And, uh, I, um, well, SegaMasterSystem.com has been through a lot of different incarnations too. Uh, as far as I had lost it and then my wife, um, when we got married, she bought it back for me as a wedding gift. She bought it at a premium <laughs> price, the domain. And that honestly, and I don't know if we talked about this last time, but that was really the thing that jump started and kicked me in the butt to do YouTube because I, I saw the potential. It was like 2000. Um, at this point we were in 2012 when she bought the domain name back from me and YouTube was, you know, we had become what it is now pretty much. And I thought, okay, you know, I always had this master system fan site and I'd love to keep doing it and, and do it again. So let me, but let me do it in a YouTube style. Let me have a, a web page that kind of has these videos that I want to produce and, and, and create for it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that's where you were going with your question. Yeah, yeah. But uh, before that, though, 
your father was the one who bought the domain, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. he got it for me. It was around the time Fantasy Star Online came out. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> so it was back in like 2001. And um, I had, out of just my own love for Master System collecting um, and the, you know, the system itself, I had started a GeoCities website, one of these old GeoCities, you know, yeah. free websites that you can do. And I was learning HTML. I was only 14 years old and trying to learn HTML and just how to design my own website and stuff. And, and I, I, I did that, you know, actually I, I did. So I, I, I made a fan site. I made a, a fan site called Sega Master System Sector <laughs> is what I <laughs> called it. And, uh, I, I had this website that was, that was what it was called. And, and dad saw the potential in it. He was really proud of it. He thought it was super cool that I had learned all this stuff on my own. Cause it was something that, of course, his generation and everything, he, he did, he had no idea how to do anything with the web. Uh, and so, but I had taken it upon myself at that age in the year 2000 to learn and design a website. So that was really impressive to him. So, he, uh, I came down the stairs one day. I remember I was working on that fan site and it was my first time I was connecting and kind of networking with other, other people online, uh, over our love of Sega and stuff like that. There were some other websites I was talking to. Uh, there are master system websites like the Sega Master System Information Station was one of them. <laughs> and, uh, then there was another one called of course, I think it still is online, uh, smspower.org. Yeah, yeah. Um, and man, Omar over, over on that, he's, he was the web, the webmaster on that site. It's amazing to follow his path. Exactly. Because, oh, you know, you know, you know about Omar, right? Yeah. We've, we've had Omar on the show actually. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. amazing how he, you know, eventually with his incredible artistic skills, Went on to, uh, work on and, and be a part of Lizard Cube, who did Streets mm -hmm. of Rage 4 and the Wonder Boy remake. And, yeah. uh, it's just amazing to watch his stuff. So, uh, and to know that I've, I've known that guy. We've talked forever, you know, since I was like 14 <laughs> years old. It's so crazy. Um, so Omar, if you're listening, hey, man. <laughs> uh, great job. Congratulations. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a fun time. I was super into it. And that was my first, really, honestly, you want to talk about me as a content creator. That was really when I first, you know, dipped my foot into the pool and started doing content creation. It didn't look like it does now. It was, you know, web design and websites and stuff. But that was my first retro gaming thing. And so anyway, back to the story, mm -hmm. dad... Dad, um, I came down the stairs one day because our, our computer was, our computer was upstairs. And I, uh, I said to him, Hey, dad, you'll never believe this. Somehow I just had this, you know, intuition to look for segamastersystem.com on GoDaddy or whatever it was back then. Uh, look for the domain name and it was available. I said, it's available. He, and he turns, he turned to me out of his seat. He was sitting down watching TV. And he looks, he, he stops the television, he turns it lower, lowers the volume or something. And he goes, what? It, like SegaMasterSystem.com, the actual name of the console is available. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's, it says it's available that we could buy it right now for, you know, for the regular price, not a premium price or anything like that. So 
he uh he plunked down the money right there. He said, "Okay, here you go. Here's my credit card." <laughs> he like handed me his credit card, and uh, I went upstairs and bought it. And uh, um, that's how we got it. Really, and really, you really became wild. the owner of the Sega Master System. I know it, it felt com. like it. Dot I know, com. right? Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> well, it was so crazy, uh, David. To that really was my first taste of 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 connecting with a broader audience to and mm-hmm. a broader uh, because what was what happened directly after that having that domain um it i started getting um messages on that little fan site in the guest book and on the message board that was there um from people all around the world that had this shared love of the Sega Master System yeah and so it was it was fascinating to me I remember going to my dad and saying, there's people writing in from Germany and Brazil and, and all these places. Like, you'll, you'll never believe this. And it was, it was really cool, you know, cause, you know, we only had the internet maybe at that point for like four years, maybe seven, uh, three years. And, you know, to connect with people worldwide over some sort of shared hobby, it was really new stuff and, and really, really cool. And, yeah, yeah. I, I think you know that you know that that was the early days of me really, really liking to create content and you know exploring this hobby and this community. You know, mm-hmm. uh, understanding that there was this big, big community out there for the stuff that I loved. Yeah, and what was SegaMasterSystem.com about? What were obviously about the master system, but what kind of content did you put out at the time? So at the time I put out like um I would do um I would try every week you know I'd I'd go to school and then I'd come home from school and um I would write articles that were mainly like reviews I did a lot of reviews and I did a lot of um I would post news updates on Sega in general I remember when mm-hmm. Sega um, called it quits in 2001 I did a big article well, I called it at that age it was a big article to me um, I wrote this big, I wrote, I wrote a big write up about basically a little goodbye letter. Like my heart was broken that Sega was calling it quits in the console business. And, uh, so I, you know, I wrote stuff like that, mainly a lot of reviews. Um, one, one feature I will say that was really popular that I did on the regular was a, a, it was called the, the Sega Master System Battle Arena, I called it. And I kind of stole the idea from a website called uh, Nintendo Land or something like that, NES Land from back in the day. They're not around anymore. But they had a thing where they did a versus where they would write this fan fiction, basically, where Nintendo characters would fight each other in a tournament. Um, and it was like this tournament-style fighting fan fiction involving Nintendo characters. Well, I wanted to do the same thing, but on my website for Sega characters. Mm-hmm. And that became really popular. People were really, really, they'd vote every week on who they wanted to be in the next match. And I would write these stories. And I even, I even got the help of some other people to help me write the stories. So that became one of the more popular features on the site was this kind of fan fiction. And I, um, I actually, uh, I was looking through the, the website using oh, the uh, Wayback way Machine. And there's a, uh, I think it's called SMS Deathmatch. Oh, that's what I called it, yeah. Deathmatch. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the, I found one uh, between Shinobi and Alex Kidd. 
man. Shinobi is in the mood to spar with his good friend Alex, whom he taught everything he knows. Uh-huh. Alex knows just about every move Shinobi can perform. Notice I say just about. <laughs> <laughs> and then, did you ever play Alex Kid in Shinobi World? Well, if you have, you know just what to look for in this match. Alex is a little nervous about fighting his role model, though. <laughs> yep, oh, yep. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> that was a fun one. I, did I write that one or did um, Andrew? I think Andrew was the I don't uh, know I, collaborator I had. I can't see. It doesn't show the author though. Okay. Okay. Maybe maybe this is just a, a very simple snapshot of the of the website. But yeah. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember yeah. where we put the name of the author. It might have been in an image that might be not loading or something. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe. But. Um, yeah, I think I wrote that one. I think I wrote that one. Mm-hmm. I could tell. I could definitely tell if I wrote it by the ending. If you went, if you read the ending paragraph, the um, ending paragraph. Uh, yeah. Do you th- so both of them have their separate paragraphs? Okay. So there, and then who do you think will win? Vote now. Oh yeah. Maybe uh, this I, is not. I guess. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe that's not the actual. Um, uh, article like fa- maybe that was a preview maybe um of uh yeah because if it said who do you think will win yeah that's the preview of maybe the po- like the poll is sonic versus alex kid for some reason even though it's shinobi on the page yeah that's all so mixed up this is, yeah it's mixed up yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's amazing you're really bringing me back with um <laughs> just just talking about that stuff because that was my world for a while i'd come home from school i was in high school early high school, you know, and, uh, I would, um, I would come home and, you know, <laughs> write Sega, Sega fan fiction. So funny. <laughs> was it a shared love with maybe some of your school mates or other friends that you had I mean, or, I mean, or just online? Mostly online. Like as far as the master system goes, there was nobody else other than me, dad, and um the internet community that i met yeah mm-hmm. um it really and there were other friends at school that had sega i know I, there was a buddy of mine i used to talk to all the time about dreamcast games back in those days and he had a dreamcast and uh but you know yeah at that point really collecting was not a big thing mm-hmm. um and or it was becoming it was becoming bigger and I guess I might have helped with some of that, um, having that website. But, um, yeah, it was just, you know, kind of taking that childhood collecting with dad that I did in the 90s. And then as a teenager, I just, I loved collecting Sega, Nintendo, but very much so Sega. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to just keep on pushing that love of, of that stuff and, and um, finding other people that had the same passion for it. And um, it was, yeah, it's pretty wild. That's, I think that's why I also spent so much time on that website and making it was because there were, there were nobody else in, in, in my life other than on the internet, people that I met on the internet, <laughs> there, there, there was nobody else into it. So I became, you know, quite involved with, you know the internet fan fiction and the uh, the the the, co- the collecting scene, as it were, back then. Yeah, yeah. Because because you know retro 
whatever retro is these days, right? Because it, it's it's weird talking about uh, PS2 games, for example, is retro, right? I know, but, but I know. For some people, it's retro already because we're old. But uh, at the time, there wasn't much of the, of that love for for old games, for older games, um, and and you know, two thousand two, for example, we had the Dreamcast, we had the PS two, we had uh, yeah. other systems. So not many people were probably thinking uh, about the Master System twenty four seven. Yeah, so it's no, funny. they weren't. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was funny, and you know, the Master System. I don't know about how the nostalgic view of it is overseas. Where are you based out of, David? Uh, I'm in Portugal, and it's, Port- it's it Portugal. was big here. Yeah, Portugal. Okay, because like here in America, it really wasn't. It was always that that ten like ten percent of the market as opposed to ninety percent. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of nostalgia for it here in the states, and um. The so I wonder, you know, is nostalgia for Master System bigger in other countries? Maybe like Portugal, is it? Do you see it more? Do you hear about it more uh, where you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, it's funny because Nintendo um, never really had a strong presence or marketing uh, boost behind them in Portugal. So in the nineties, it was always Sega. Portugal was like ninety nine percent Sega. That's cool. Um, and uh, but it's funny because we, we I I am part of a different podcast in, in Portuguese actually talking about Sega in Portugal, and we were uh, talking cool. the other day about how Sega, and not just in Portugal because it happened in places like Brazil as well. Uh, Sega marketed both the Mega Drive, as we know the Genesis here, and the Master System like. Uh, together they were out at the same time almost um, yeah they were still putting out games for the master system during the the golden years of the mega drive as well so that's so cool yeah. you you know there's more nostalgia there's a big love for for the mega drive for the genesis over here but there are some people as well who actually grew up with a master system instead of a mega drive or started yeah. with the master system so it's big so I always find that fascinating, and I, I always wish that it was more like that in the states because I'm such a Sega Sega nerd. <laughs> I uh, I always wish that man, like I wish Sega had always been the top dog, and Nintendo. You know, I love Nintendo. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo is where I cut my teeth on uh, on Nintendo stuff, but Sega was where my heart was. And um, mm. you know, it's funny. Uh, I would. I would. Uh, I was big into Australian. Well, not Australian. A, a lot of bands from overseas that weren't just uh, American rock bands. I, I was into rock mm-hmm. music, and so I'd listen to a lot of. Back in those days, in the early two thousands, I was into the 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 UK scene of like bands like Franz Ferdinand and mm-hmm. um, the the well, no, the Killers were American. Um, who am I thinking of? Um, the Kaiser Chiefs. Kaiser Chiefs. And, yeah. yeah, Kaiser Chiefs and. Um, um, the Fratellis. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Fratellis were uh, from the UK. I'm not sure. And um, but there was another band. They were an Australian band. Do you remember the Vines? I remember the name. Not sure if I am familiar with the music. 
Okay. Well, they had a, a song on one of their albums that came out. Now, they were, they had a brief, um, they were briefly popular in America. They had a song called Get Free that was popular on MTV. Uh, but they were much bigger in their home country of Australia. And the master system was big over in Australia, like really big. And I, I heard about this and I remember buying one of their albums one day and I was shocked when, um, this was probably in 2008 or nine. And I bought one of their, their albums and there was a song on it called Miracle Land. Um, and it was called, it was called Miracle Land or something like that. Not even Miracle World. I think it was called Miracle Land. And the whole song is about Alex Kidd Miracle Land. <laughs> <laughs> And in Miracle, he's he's like Alex the Kid in Miracle Land or something like that. And. I was, I was blown away. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, so here he is, the songwriter from the vines and he's writing about this nostalgic inspired by the, his nostalgia for Alex kid on the, on the master system and where the master system was big in Australia. And it's just so funny because you would never ever get a song, a pop song or a rock song like that here in the States. You just, it was, you know, that's if that song came out here, nobody would know what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, but there are a few references to to Nintendo, to Super Mario, perhaps, maybe Donkey Kong. I think it's you know, you know Nintendo is bigger over there, so it's it is I mean, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of on that same token, there was a, a pop song here in America that was big by another rock band from that time called a, a band was called American Hi-Fi mm -hmm. and they had a song called Flavor of the Week that mentions it references Nintendo uh in it it's like he's too stoned Nintendo I wish that I could make her see anyway it's one of these like <laughs> pop punk bands yeah uh and uh yeah it's just funny how you get those video game references in in those those songs that we grew up with and stuff and it's always nice to to know that we're not alone in our fandom, in our love for for something. There's always someone out there that shares the love for a certain thing, a certain game, a certain. It company. is, and that's yeah. you know one of the things that is so awesome about you know some people they they get upset over technology and social media, and it's like oh man, it's it's too much. It's too much, like. It gets a little crazy, you know, put away your Facebook, put your phone down, you're addicted to your phone. And yes, there are all those issues and problems that, you know, maybe arise from from something like that in social media. But one thing that I will say is just amazing is that, you know, people might complain about that. But if, if we didn't have social media or this way to connect, the Internet is just so amazing because, like... The, like, I can't imagine not connecting with people from around the world and talking. And it's just, it, it's opened my mind to, to life around the world. It's amazing. And that's, that's really something that a lot of Americans 
have a lot of trouble with is, is kind of getting in this bubble of like, <laughs> it, you're just, it's all America. It's all like America, this America, that. And I always try to encourage people to go overseas, check out the world. Cause it's, it's, there's so much more to it than just, you know, America. Yeah. Yeah. And same for every other country. Right. So it's, it's always nice yeah. to broaden your horizons and, learn about different cultures and different people. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Okay. Last time you were on the show, uh, I, I was listening back to the episode and I, there was a, uh, something you said that I want to I quote here. You said, I'm all about retro for some reason. It's just what appeals to me. Hmm. Uh, you said for some reason. Have you found the reason yet? <laughs> <laughs> um. I think I have always been, and it's just the way I'm wired, I think, but I've always been fascinated with the past. Um, I've always been a nostalgic kid and nostalgic. Even when I was growing up, I would talk to teachers um, and I would, I would, I would talk to older people and ask them questions and stories about their lives and their past and what life was like in those days. Um, I've always been fascinated by this, by a time and a place that I didn't live in. And so I think, I think it translates to the times that I, the, the time and places that I did live in too, but are no longer accessible. Um, so I am still fascinated by even my own past because you can no longer get there. You can no longer live it anymore, but you can kind of remember it and feel and get a feeling for what it was like through media, through stories and memories and stuff. Cause that's what I would do. I would talk to people like my grandparents or some older people and they would tell me stories about what life was like during the Great Depression mm -hmm. here in America. I guess that was probably worldwide too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, I would hear these stories about the Great Depression and World War Two and World War One, and I'd, I'd, you know, I'd put myself. I'd as I heard the story, I'd, I'd put myself there, and I'd, I'd try to imagine what life was like. You know, the, the simplicities too of life, like. My grandfather would tell me stories of like just walking down the street, like and and sneaking into an old movie theater to watch an old movie from the '30s, you know, black and white, uh, and you know, just to hear these stories. Um, it it just always really, I just found it fascinating. It, it, it was a way to transport myself back to to those days, even days mm -hmm. I didn't live in. But yeah. I've always I've always been fascinated by that. I've always been this like fascinated with traveling back in time um, mm -hmm. idea, and that's what nostalgia can kind of do for you. Yeah, I think I think I am that way too. And when it comes to, there's always that question: What would you do if you could time travel to any place in in history? In history, or would you choose the past or the future? I would probably choose the past as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's much more interesting to live in a, in a time where you you couldn't live in to to 
actually um, see the things that you hear other people talking about or you study at school and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I think that's that's much more interesting to me as well. Yeah, I would always tell people that my favorite subject in school was history. Mm -hmm. um, and it was um, because because of that, you know, because of that, wow, like, man, life was so different and I wonder what it would be like. And, um, yep, that's just always been mm -hmm. part of part of who I am. Yeah. Have you been playing more modern games lately or... I have still, been, you know, my yeah. daughter, um, you know, I, I have a daughter now since the last time we spoke mm -hmm. and, um, she was, uh, born in 2015. So a year after we first talked and, uh, so she's six now and, um, she loves Nintendo games, Nintendo switch, uh, Nintendo 3ds, even Wii U. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we play a lot of those together. She's big on Pokemon right now. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's so awesome. I mean, it was so crazy to me. She came home from a book, uh, a book fair at her store, at her school. They were doing a, a book fair, as we call it. And, um, where you go into this kind of library section and buy a bunch of books that are on sale and, uh, for kids. And she picked the Pokemon um, indexed from like sword and sword and shield. There's a Pokemon guidebook there detailing <laughs> all the different Pokemon. And, um, it definitely made me proud. Uh, <laughs> Cause I was like, that's my girl. She got Pokemon, uh, something Nintendo. And, awesome. um, so yeah, I am playing a lot of modern games with her through her. I'm out, I'm, I'm going back and playing a lot of retro games too, because I'm, creating new content for the channel but um i'm also i'm also playing i got a playstation 5 actually got my hands on one and i got miles morales loved that it was incredible the spider-man game was so good i want to do a video on that actually talking about my favorite spider-man game when i was a kid versus the newest one uh and i i think that'll be a, a fun video which yeah. was um spider-man versus the kingpin on sega cd Oh, nice. I actually played the, the Mega Drive version of that. Man, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that was, that was good too. The Sega CD one, man, for me, it, the, took, it, took, it just soundtrack. took to a whole nother. Yes, the soundtrack was so good. <laughs> yes, yeah, Spencer oh my Nelson. God. <laughs> save this city, save it from the hands of destruction. Exactly. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, you just you just it. you just lost like all your viewers with me singing. No, I I was just <laughs> blown away how uh, by how good of a singer you are. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, because we we have something coming up in in a little bit, and I I'm thinking maybe I should have done something different for that. Okay, <laughs> so th that's actually a good segue into taking a quick break, Tyler. Uh, and and when when we come back, there's something that we need to do together. Uh, <laughs> and I'll explain in a little bit. Awesome. This week's episode of the Sega Lounge is actually sponsored by a real product. <gasps> or should I say products? Did you know you can get real physical the Sega Lounge merch? And did you know it not only looks great, but it's also a way of being an awesome person and help support the show? 
That's right. Head on over to thesegalounge.com slash store and you can find our current lineup of merch like t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Go to thesegalounge.com slash store and you too can get the official Sega Lounge seal of approval. Welcome back, Tyler. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. Hey, how are, how are you, David? I'm I'm great. I'm I'm excited for what comes now. Oh, you know? I am too. So, <laughs> so seven years ago, almost seven years ago, you came on the show, uh, and it's been a tradition ever since. We have the Sega Lounge Challenge. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for, and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the Sega Lounge Challenge can be anything I want, and I'm I'm starting to regret not doing like a singing challenge or something. I think it would be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome, yes. Oh but, man. Uh, that would I be didn't fun. know about that hidden talent of yours. So we're going to do something different. Uh, we are going to do what I've been doing with most of my guests lately, which is the ultimate Sega fan challenge. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, dun, dun. Um, so what is it? Uh, it's a group of 10 uh, sub-challenges, little challenges here, including songs that you need to guess what oh, game okay. they're from. This is fun. And, and questions as well. Questions. So you can get up to 20 points in this challenge. Okay. But your goal is to at least get 10. Okay. Okay. So you can see by, by that that it's not really that easy. Yeah. I'm a little scared. I'm going to be honest. I'm such a Sega fan. And if I fail at this test, that is going to look really bad. <laughs> you lose all your credibility as all a Sega cred. fan. All my cred. All my cred. All the years your of documented cred. footage of me being a Sega fan mean nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so th this is how it's going to work. So for, Number one is a question. And every time we have a question, or almost every time we have a question, you can pick between an easy question or a hard question. Easy questions okay. get you one point. Hard questions get you two points. Okay. So what, what would you like to start with? Let's start with, an, with, let's start with a hard one. Everyone does. Uh, and they regret it instantly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I have my list of hard questions here. Okay. Are you are you a fan of Wonder Boy three, The Dragon's Trap? I am. I'm not yeah. the biggest fan. Like I've never beaten the game, but that could I, be Omar. Yes, Omar is. Yeah. Um, but I I have I, I do really enjoy the game. I I always get stuck at a certain point in the game, but I, I enjoy returning to it and playing it. And it's mm -hmm. just a beautifully designed game, and I, yes. I I do really like that game. I do as well. So. Your question, Tyler, is in Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon's Trap, apart from human, right? Human, human, I don't know. It's Hugh uh, dash men. Um, mm -hmm. There are uh, five other transformations. Two of them are Mouse Man and Lion Man. What are the other three? 
um, Lizard Man and um, wow, so human, I, Mouse Man, Lion Man, Lizard Man. I always called him Lizard Man. It might not be mm-hmm. the actual, the actual. Um, Just maybe it's Dragon Man or something. But yeah, it's a it's a lizard okay. transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh, those were so those are the ones you named are the ones I really know. Um, I, I know. don't think I know the other two that or the other three. I, I guess I gave so one of them. You get you gave Lizard Man. Okay, you need two more. Hmm. And I'm going to help you by saying that, that Lizard Man is indeed the correct name. Okay, cool. I, you know, I don't know if I ever got far enough into the game to know the other ones. What do you think you would need to complete the game? What kind of animals or transformations? Um, is there, was one of them like, a, like an eagle, like a bird? Maybe. <laughs> yeah um i'm, I'm just man. here to ask questions and not to answer them yeah of course <laughs> oh man um i'm stumped I, without without looking it up <laughs> so lizard man um i got that one w- would good. it be eagle man or something or bird man Bird, Birdman, Harvey Birdman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'll say like Birdman. And, and the last then, one? Um, the last one. I'm trying to remember also like the box art too, but I don't think they they gave away the the character on the box art. Uh, um, no, they, no they, I don't think so. This one, yeah. Um, let's try like... I'm so, some some reason I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking of Psycho Fox, but let's say like the leopard, le- like a cheetah man or something. I know that's they already have a lion there, so maybe not. But that's what I'm going to go with, cheetah. So lizard man, uh, bird, eagle, uh, which one? Yeah. I don't know. Bird, 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 bird man, bird slash eagle man. Yeah, uh, and uh, leopard, cheetah, cheetah man. Yeah, cheetah man, cheetah man, cheetah like man. the NES game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Final answer, right, Tyler? Yes. I, 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 I lament the fact that that's my final answer. <laughs> okay, so as you already know, Lizard Man is correct. Well done. But you need mm-hmm. all three to get two points. Oh. Were the other two an eagle or bird man and a cheetah man? Hmm. <laughs> There was a Hawkman. Okay. Hawkman. I would, ex- I, 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 I'll take, I'll take Birdman. Yes. A hawk. An eagle. Hey, a hawk. Yeah. There you go. Hawkman. Well done. Thank you. So what about that cheetah? Uh, mm. That's where I'm going to fail. Mm. It's not, it's not in the game, no, unfortunately. <laughs> but the correct answer is a piranha man. I see that I did not know. And I had no, I'm not even like, oh yeah, that was, no, I I (laughs) did not know that one. (laughs) So it was like, you know, you could have underwater powers. Okay, cool. Um, So yeah. So, oh, unfortunately, Tyler, no points in this round, but 
But I think things are starting to to get better now because it's time for our musical, our first musical challenge. Okay. So what what it, this is is just ten seconds of a song from a game. Okay. Uh, and I will Sounds I will good. need for for the two points I will need the game and where it plays or what the track title is or what stage something okay. about the the track itself okay okay sounds good ready for the first one yes no you're not let's take a listen <laughs> oh yes the man is saying oh yes <laughs> that is um the Sega Ghostbusters game on the Sega Genesis, and it's the very first stage, the apartment or house. Mm. I don't know if it was an apartment. I think it was. I think it was, it was just a house that you go to, and yeah, just like a, mm. a, a family home. You seem quite sure of yourself. I I really am. I love that game. So. This is for sure the correct answer. Ghostbusters on Sega Genesis, and it's the first stage. Um, I, I don't know if they called it an apartment or just a single family home or whatever that you were going to, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was like a house. Mm -hmm. So, Tyler, for glory, <laughs> let's go with the game first. You are absolutely correct. One point. Ghostbusters, the, the Genesis or Mega Drive version. Well done. Well done. All right. Is it the first level, though? Hmm. Hmm. The title of the track is... First Case, Home Sweet Home. Well done. Yes. All right. One there we more go. Point. So, two points. Well done. Good. We're catching up. Good job, good job, good job. Thank that you. was easy. That was easy, right? Yeah, well, for me, it definitely was because <laughs> I, I love that game. Huge Ghostbusters fan. Excellent. And had Excellent. that back in the day. Mm -hmm. So let's see what happens next. So you've got two points, you need eight more. Let's go with number three is a question again. So easy or hard, it's up to you. Let's, let's do another. Well, let's do an easy one. Hmm. Let's do easy okay. one now. Let's go with maybe an easy maybe we'll switch one. it to hard. We'll okay. we'll switch the difficulty setting to hard later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Let's go with this one. World of Illusion. Are you familiar mm. with this game? Yes, I am. Yes. Okay. So in World of Illusion, how do Mickey and Donald attack their enemies? They have a magic um, cape of sorts. It's like a, um, oh, I don't know if I'd call it a carpet. It's not a carpet. It's like a, it's like a magician's cape or a magician's um, magic. You know how um, a magician would put this cloth, or maybe it is supposed to be a cape, over a hat and then like the hat disappears or something when he mm -hmm. when he lifts the cape but yeah it's this cloth this cloth cape magical um thing that they they smack the enemies with 
and this little fairy dust comes off of it. I like how people are so scared of my game that they see the need to explain exactly what kind of item it is. Like, you yeah. know, it's a cloth. It's, you know, maybe not like a cape, maybe more like... Yeah, I'm getting real specific. Cloth, yeah. Really specific. Everyone is like that. Uh, of course you're correct. Using, <laughs> using their magic capes is the correct answer. Okay, yes. perfect, yeah. <laughs> well, I Good was thinking point. to myself, I don't remember them wearing that item <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's what it's, it is. It's it's magic. It's inside their. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're what? Wait, what kind of clothes do they wear? They don't have pants. I no, know. Actually, well, wait, Mickey does. Mickey does. Mickey does. Yeah. 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 Donald just got a, a big butt. Yeah. Uh, and gets stuck sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that game. Okay, that's yeah. a great game. Yeah. But one point three so far. You're doing great. Tyler, cool. doing great. It's time for another song, okay? Perfect. Deep breaths. Let's take a listen. <sighs> Ooh. You can see me now. I'm bouncing in my chair. I was too. I was also <laughs> bouncing in my chair. Okay, that's from um, Streets of Rage 2. It's the boss fight in Streets of Rage 2 as opposed to um, Streets of Rage 1, 1 or 3. I'm pretty sure it's 2. I know it's not 1, but I'm going to go with Streets of Rage 2 boss fight. Why are you so sure it's 2? Because um, Streets of Rage 1, had a, it had the same theme, but it was done differently. Yuzo kind of did it in a different way when he brought it back to Streets of Rage 2. So in Streets of Rage 1, it had a different, it had some different sounds in there. Um, so I just, from my own memory of how they were, I, I'm pretty sure that one was Streets of Rage 2. Because you had that extra kind of beat in there. Like that's, that thing was not in the first game's music, I don't think. So I'm gonna go. I, I like the. Too. I don't think at the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm not case. like a hundred percent sure, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna say Streets okay. of Rage two boss fight. You seem to know your stuff, but do you really? That's the question. That's the question. Uh, Ooh. So I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna start by telling you that. Um, <laughs> so this is your final answer, right? <laughs> oh man! Just checking, you're, just checking. Yeah, your little your little giggle there made me second. I'm thinking, I'm second guessing myself now. Um, Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should. I don't know. I was just asking if it's your final answer. I guess my, you know, Streets of Rage three. It could be that one. I'm trying to remember. I, I'm going to say Streets of Rage two. Mm. So, yeah. final answer. Streets of Rage 2, the boss theme. Yeah? Final answer. Okay. So, uh, it's locked in now. Locked in. No, no turning back. No turning back. I'm going to start by telling you the, the title of the track. The name of the track is actually Never Return Alive. Okay. Okay. Does it ring any bell? No. Um, the name <laughs> of the track doesn't. 
I know that that's okay. definitely a boss fight. Um, okay. But but yeah, I, I didn't know the name of the track. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you as well that this is indeed a boss uh, track, boss theme from a game. So one point. Okay. Good job. Good job. Now, is it Streets of Rage 2? Or could it be mm. something else entirely? I, man, I don't think so. I, it's definitely got to be a Streets of Rage game. And I know it's not Tyler. one. Uh-oh. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Tyler Esposito, great Sega fan. You are absolutely correct. Yes, it is. Right. Streets of Rage 2. Well done. Oh, man. David, never, you're good at that. You're good yourself. at that suspense, man. You're really good at the suspense. <laughs> you had me going there. <laughs> never doubt yourself. <laughs> Always go with your gut. <laughs> okay, yeah. What is it? Points. Uh, Star, points, I'm going to yeah. drop a Star Fox re- reference, actually, on on a Sega radio lounge. But it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> never give up. Trust your instincts. <laughs> <laughs> do a barrel? No, no, don't yeah, do no, not now, not on your on your chair. Uh, no, that would hurt yourself. I would fall out of the chair. <laughs> okay, so awesome. Five points so far. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, which means we're halfway there, and we've mm. still got a few questions to go. So uh, challenge number five is another question. So okay. easy or hard, Tyler? Let's go hard this time. Yeah, you're starting to feel a little bit more confident, right? <laughs> yeah. That's usually what happens at, at this point. I'm getting, co- I'm getting cocky. <laughs> you, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm looking at the list of... Hmm, okay. There was a Mega Drive or Genesis game. Uh, so it was, it was called Soleil in Europe. It was called Crusader of Senti in the US. Mm, mm-hmm. Genesis game. And in Crusader of Senti, you can find Sonic the Hedgehog at the beach. He does a cameo appearance there. Right. If you talk to Sonic, he says, I'm a gallant hedgehog. Don't mess or you'll get blank. What's the blank? Oh, man. Um, It's like, I'm a gallant hedgehog. Don't mess or you'll get something. Feeling the blame. Um, oh, you know, I don't think I know this one. Um, I knew he was a. I knew he was a cameo. I don't think I knew. I don't think I ever knew what he said because I never owned the game and I never, I never played it either. Um, mm-hmm. Really, too much. Really um, fun game. I've so I've heard. Yeah, it being a, a Zelda type of game on the Genesis, though. Mm-hmm. Um. I would say Zelda with a twist. Right, right. The, the animal companions. Very cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't, don't... Don't mess or you'll get... So I'm a gallant hedgehog. So it's like... Uh, tss, tss, right? So eh, I'm a gallant hedgehog. Don't mess or you'll get... Um, Is he a gallant hedgehog? <laughs> I guess so. He, he he's never talked like that before. Um, don't mess with you'll get you'll get. Uh, oh, what does he say? Like in the cartoon, I'm trying to think. 
if they use some of that dialogue, that attitude. Uh, don't mess or you'll get um, I don't know. Don't mess or you'll get <laughs> um, This is very specific, right? Yeah, I know. It's a hard one. Exactly. Don't mess or you'll get um, a beat down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one uh, word. Oh, okay. I will Don't tell you that. Or. It's just one word. Okay. Don't mess or you'll get... Otherwise, it would be chili dogs, but no. Don't mess yes. or you'll get chili dogs. It's not that. Don't mess or you'll get... Um, bounced. Bounced. That's, that's going to be good, my... That's a good guess, actually. That's going to be my guess. Mm -hmm. um, so, final answer? Final answer. Bounced. Final answer. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, Tyler. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so your answer is uh, I'm a gallant hedgehog or t -t -t, I'm a gallant hedgehog don't mess or you'll get bounced this answer is unfortunately incorrect yeah the, the correct answer is burned don't burned. mess or you'll get burned so yeah, that yeah. was it wasn't a bad guess, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, we, we, it wasn't. You it were close. Had the. It was a B word. Yeah, it was a, it was a B word. You so. were. You were. You were close. You were close. This was indeed a hard question. Very hard. Yes. Question. Okay. That's good. So we're we're halfway uh, into the the quiz, and you've got five points. So not bad. Let's go with number six, which is another song. Shall we? Okay. You know the mm -hmm. drill by now. One point for the the song. One point for the game. Okay, cool. Let's take a listen. That is from Decapitac, and that is a um, that is one of the main main level themes in the game. It it is on stage one, level one one. Um, they use it throughout the game. So that, I guess, is my answer. Um, decap attack, um, mm -hmm. level one, one. So no, no real doubt in your mind about any no, no that, doubt in my no, mind whatsoever. No yeah, whatsoever. Okay. I'm not going to make you suffer. So I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm just going to say two points. Well done. All right. I love That's that game. It. <laughs> I, 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 Decap Attack is highly underrated, if you ask me. Um, really great, like almost Halloween themed platformer. Mm -hmm. I always got major. Um, do you remember the um, cartoon? I think it was a British cartoon. Um, Count Duckula. Yeah. I always got major Count Duckula vibes from that game, the art, the art design. <laughs> awesome, Count Duckula was yeah, 
Uh, I think it was British, yeah. I think so. I think yeah. so. It's like it's like a, a Danger Mouse uh, spin-off, isn't it? I think it started that way. I think Count Duckula was a villain on on Danger Mouse. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his awesome. own show. <laughs> but yeah, I, I need to play more Decapitech, actually. Uh, it's, it's one of those games that I never played that much growing up. So, yeah. But it's it's a fun game. Okay. And that gave you uh, two points. So that gave you seven points in total. So well done, Decapitech. Good job. Awesome. And we only need three more points. We're, we're almost there. Okay. Let's take a look at number seven, which is another question. So, Tyler, okay. easy or hard? <laughs> Let, let's do hard again. I'm really determined to get one of these hard, <laughs> hard ones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, are you familiar with a, a, a little game or a little character called Alex Kidd? <laughs> I am. You are. He's my. He, he's, my he's my boy. <laughs> Your boy. Your kid. <laughs> My kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of Alex Kidd's girlfriend, according to the arcade version of Alex Kidd in The Lost Stars? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's really tough. It's so funny. You know, I can... It I makes can name... sense, though. Yeah. It makes sense if you think um, about it. If you think about the game, especially. Right. Um I I can I can visualize the character. I can visualize the arcade version, which is one that I didn't really play as much as the Master System version of Lost Stars. But she was playable, right? I think you could almost you could almost like have her as the second player. Not sure. I can't remember. That was the case. Wasn't she kidnapped? Um, Maybe she's kidnapped. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Alexa. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna say everyone's oh, smart oh. devices went off right now. Oh my god! Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> That's funny. I'm gonna so say uh, because of Alex. Yeah, or maybe, uh, yeah, that's kind of why. I, I don't remember the name of the character. Maybe it was mm-hmm. Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's, her, it's his girlfriend, right? Yeah. So maybe... maybe. Uh, and actually, you were, uh, you were right. In the arcade version, the second player controls the girl. Okay, that's what, mode. yeah. I remember yeah. that aspect of it. I don't remember the name. Of her, um, but you know what? Let me let me think. I don't think it's Alexandria or Alexa. Um, let's say. Oh man! You can say whatever you want. For some reason, the name Mary came to mind, but that's the character from. Um, I think that's the character from Alien Syndrome. Um. Her name is Mary. Another old Sega arcade game. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's Quartet. Maybe that was Quartet. It was Mary. I don't know. Um, let's say, yeah, let's say Alexa. So maybe we'll need to ask 
her. If the yeah, answer I need to is ask correct. her. Ask Alexa, her in a moment. Is the, the, the answer correct? <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, did you star alongside Alex in The Lost Stars? Exactly. <laughs> okay. So your final answer is Alexa. Right, Tyler? Yes. Yeah? We're going to yeah. go with that? Yeah. I'm going to go with that. For two points? Okay. So the name of the game is Alex Kidd and the Lost Stars. His girlfriend is Stella. Oh, okay. That, so that... it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. Yes. But, uh, but you, you and, just had to know, right? Yeah, and you now that you say it, I can visualize it. I've seen yeah. that title screen. <laughs> I've seen you know, the, that kind of uh, attract mode of that mm -hmm. game. And I, I'm like, oh, yeah, Stella. <laughs> that makes, I can see that now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no worries. So still three challenges left. And the next one is the, our last song. Okay. Okay, our last song. Being the last one, we're entering hard mode here. As oh, well. okay. okay. So this means the last one is going to be a 10-second long clip, but reversed. Oh, okay. Okay, let's see if you can guess what this is. Let's take a listen. Definitely heard that um, Master System. It was, it's definitely like a, ma a Master System game. Mm -hmm. um, Should I play it again? Yes, please. Yeah? Okay. So let's take a listen. Nice. Okay. Um, it it kind of reminds me of a track from Fantasy Star, but so what? What I usually ask people is to fir first focus on system. So you're saying Master System, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Master okay. System, absolutely. Then maybe genre, perhaps. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I, I feel like it's a role-playing game. Mm -hmm. So that narrows it down to quite a bit. To uh, Fantasy Star, um, Dragon Crystal, Ease the Vanished Omens. Um, it also could be Golvelius, but I don't think it's Golvelius. It's quite fast-paced, isn't it? Golvelius is, yeah, it's kind of like an no, action I'm, I'm, RPG. I'm, I mean the, the track itself. Yeah, it was kind of, kind of fast-paced, but it kind of, I don't know, it just gave me an RPG vibe. I don't know why. Um, Should I play it gold? again? Yeah, let's do it again. Um, 
for whatever reason, I feel like we're in some sort of town with that with that game, with that sound, with that music. Um, like a town in an RPG. Um, I'm going to say it's from Fantasy Star. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was my original feeling, so I'm going to stick okay. with that. I feel better about that choice than any other okay. RPG. And where does it play? I don't... That I don't know. I will say it sounds to me like... Um, a town. Like a town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a town theme. A town theme, right. Mm-hmm. I think... I could, it could be very wrong, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm trying to think of the music in Fantasy Star, and it kind of had that quality to it. But I think other games did too, so it's tough. It's a really tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's go Fantasy Star. Let's go Fantasy Star. Yeah. Final answer. Final answer. Lock it in. Yeah. So. Yep. It's locked in. So first of all, let's take a listen to the track not reversed, right? Okay. So and let's see if this helps. So Okay, it's it's definitely not Fantasy Star then. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely wow. not Fantasy Star, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, that is um um, not fantasy star. Da, 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 da. It's fast paced. Well, I said, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I'm very familiar with this one. It kind of reminded. It made me think a little bit of that game, Running Battle. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm going to give you the answer. Okay. Um. I, I'm going to tell you that you know you you should be careful with this track. Don't mess, or you'll get burned. Because <laughs> this is Sonic One. On the it's Master System. One. Okay. <laughs> it, it's probably a later stage level. It's one. it's scrap brain from Sonic One Eight Bit. Yeah. Ah, there you go. <laughs> See, that's that's one I've played a lot of Sonic One. Like if you'd given me the bridge zone, yeah, uh, and stuff like that, like I would have immediately probably gotten it. But I don't know if I've ever beaten. The Sonic problem with the with Master bridge System. zone is even reversed. It sounds almost exactly the same uh, so no, I, w- right, I was gonna yeah. go with bridge zone but then maybe it's too easy you, and yeah, i usually yeah. do bridge zone so i i changed it up a little bit for this that's time. good that was really, really but okay difficult. but it's okay no points but let me let me tell you about what, what's coming up so you've got okay. seven points so far you need three points and the remaining two challenges are questions okay last question is always hard so okay. You'll have to get at least an easy question now and the, the correct answer for the hard one as well. So, okay. Or you can do two hearts and see how it goes. Okay. So which one will it be now? This is the last one you can choose. So Let's, let's do easy. So let's I, do easy. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the easy question is... I feel like this is almost too easy. What name, <laughs> what name is given to the combination of a Genesis, 
a Sega CD, a 32X, and usually a Sonic and Knuckles cartridge with another Sonic game attached to it. The Tower of Power. That's a bit of a ridiculous name, right? <laughs> I don't know, just saying. Yeah, it is kind of. I mean, that's all. That's all. I always heard it called that, the Tower of Power. Are you sure? Yes, I'm going to lock that in. You should be sure. You should lock it in. And it's not ridiculous. It's a great name. It is the Sega <laughs> Tower of Power. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well done. Eight points. Eight points. So it's, it's down to this last question, Tyler. Okay. For, for two points. For glory. Oh. There's a, your final question is a hard question. So I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to look at my list of hard questions. Oh, man. Of devilishly hard questions. <laughs> and my question is, what is the name of the SG-1000 game that is notable for being the first title Yuji Naka worked on? Um, I know this one. I think it's called Girl's Garden. Girl's Garden. I, I think that's what it's called. Um, Do you remember what what it was about? What kind of game? I played. I played it. Yeah, it's a. It's a. You're like. Um, it's like a side scroller where you're going. It's very cutesy, very bright and colorful, and you're you're a little girl going from left to right, almost like Pitfall, but. Um, yeah, you're have to, having to avoid certain very cutesy things uh, that I remember. I uh, played it a few times back in the day via emulation. I think it was also on the... Um, there was like a collection that came out on the Sega Ages on Sega Saturn um, that had a bunch of SG-1000 games on it, I believe. And I think that was one of them. Girl's Garden. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock that. Mm-hmm. So, Girl's Garden. Not very original of a game, of a name, right? Yeah, not very. I kind of like to the point. It's almost like you're driving and you see a place that's called Barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> so, was it set in a, a garden owned by a girl? Yes, it was. No, it was actually a, a pig in outer space. It was, <laughs> it was, it was completely different. <laughs> No, it was, okay. it was a girl. Yeah, girl's okay. garden. It was a, it was girl a girl in a garden. So the name Girl's Garden is your answer for this final hard question. For two points for glory. For street cred. Your answer, Tyler, of my retro life. Is correct. Yes. Oh, man. Girls. Yes. Right at the. Right at the. Flowers in this. I know. I know. Yeah. That was such a. It's such a cutesy. It was definitely aimed at at girls, I think. Um, (laughs) It was an unusual story. So. uh, Yeah. Boyfriend was going, was leaving her for another girl. So she has to 
flowers and uh, oh, avoid okay. bears. <laughs> avoid bears. <laughs> because, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, why because not? why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So, good Man. job. Good job. Thanks. 10 points. And that's also your ticket to get the Sega Lounge seal of approval, which I've sent to you on Twitter. Uh, oh, wonderful. Good Man, job. right at, right job. at the buzzer. <laughs> I told you it would be hard. So, yeah, it's always hard. Uh, hey, it's always job. best good it's job. always best to win in style, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Excellent. So, Tyler, it's it's uh, always a lot of fun to have you on the show. Uh before you go, let's just talk a little bit about my retro life because I I want people to know uh exactly what it is and um how it came about. So, you mentioned before that your Sega channel uh then got a rebranding to Yes, I Retro Gamer. And then you took a, a hiatus because of personal stuff. Um, yes. So what made you want to come back? Well, I yeah, I took a personal hiatus. I uh, just needed to kind of uh, work on some personal things and, and kind of re refocus some things in life, uh, which I think uh, many of us have to do um, from different seasons in life. And um, But in that hiatus, um, I put the show... The main series, which was like the main series that was popular with the old home movie footage with dad and I and growing up with my, my family of gamers, uh, me and my cousins and everybody, um, I took that My Retro Life series and it started to air on Pixel Game Squad, which was a channel, is, is a channel, uh, owned by a buddy of mine uh, named Riff and he's out in California. It's a great channel. Um, they do a show, a show called the NES Pursuit And, um, they, uh, so they started hosting the old episodes and, uh, it started to kind of gain a little bit more of a, of, of a following from a new set, a new crowd of people. And, um, at one point I kind of had a family discussion with, you know, my wife and just decided, Hey, I think it'd be good to, I think it was on pixel game squad for about a year. And then I said, I think it would be good to relaunch the channel and start doing this because it's doing well over at Pixel Game Squad. And, you know, I feel like, you know, I've gotten my priorities kind of set in life and there's, I've gotten through those personal issues. So why don't, why don't we bring the show back and, um, bring, bring it back, rebrand it, my retro life and really focus on it and work on it as something for the long term that can grow and I can continue making content on it over the years. And maybe it could be something very um, fruitful for my family. Mm -hmm. And um, so it uh, got, we decided to relaunch it and it was uh, a very great relaunch. A lot of people came over from pixel game squad and watched the, the new episodes I was putting out And I uh, started putting out, because that's the other thing is I had never really finished my story. I still had tons of footage to um, to tell stories with, old gaming footage growing up. Mm -hmm. And so um, we uh, relaunched and had a few videos really do well early on, um, kind of went a little viral um, in November with um, the Xbox episode I produced and the PlayStation 1 episode that I produced. They both did really well. And, um, in a very short time, we've gone from 
you know, just relaunching the channel brand new with zero subscribers to uh, obviously people found it for, that were aware of me coming back, but now already up to 17,000 plus subscribers in a, a relatively short period of time. Um, mm-hmm. especially when you consider it took me five years to, um, gain 15,000 subscribers. Um, where now it's 17,000 in less than a year. So we've been, we've been very fortunate. Yeah. Very fortunate. It's been really cool to see people find the show and enjoy it the way they have. And we're, um, very excited for the future. Yeah. And I know that that's something special happened as well. But before I ask you about that, how would you explain to people not familiar with your channel what it is? Um, sure. Um, my channel is basically a, um, if you've ever seen those shows, those classic shows like The Wonder Years or um, The Goldbergs more recently, um, also A Christmas Story, the movies like that. You know, where somebody narrates their life story with, and it's kind of a very nostalgic TV show or movie that, where there's a narrator talking about his childhood. So that was my initial idea was to take the old home movie clips that my dad shot of me and him and my cousins growing up in the late eighties, early nineties, and all that pop culture that dad caught on tape. I really wanted to, and, and especially with video games, I wanted to turn that into a little series. And so I narrate over these old clips and I tell the story in a very nostalgic way of growing up in a family that loved video games. And um, that's that's pretty much the gist. Uh, there's that main series yeah. and the channel also has other other stories, other kinds of videos. But the main series that's still ongoing is that that series with the old home movies. Yeah. And I think it's it's excellent for both people who lived those years as well, who got the same experiences or, you know, similar experiences, because there's a, a nostalgia involved and they will recognize some of the moments that you highlight there as well. Um, and it's great for people who are younger and are just curious about what previous years in gaming were like in pop culture as well, as you said, so... I think it's very interesting and people should definitely well, check it out. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I was going to mention something because I know that you were involved with a very popular uh, documentary that was made a few months ago as well, The Console yes, Wars. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell us a little bit how, about how that came to be? Sure. Um, so uh, Blake J. Harris, the author of The Console Wars um, book that is kind of the authentic um, from the mouth of Tom Kalinske um, novel about the Sega and Nintendo rivalry of the 90s and 80s. And um, that book obviously was a, a really great seller and um, had a lot of interest over at Sony Pictures even for a time. Seth Rogen um, was attached to that book to actually make a, a major motion picture out of it for a while. Blake Blake had gotten him attached. And um, Seth Rogen and his production company kind of went through some 
interesting ups and downs, I guess, in development. And they kind of just settled on doing a documentary first. I believe there's still talks of doing a TV show, like a narrative TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, you know, with actors and dramatized. But, uh, so, but they got this, um, documentary produced at Seth Rogen's company. Um, or Seth Rogen at least served as a producer. I'm not sure if his actual production company made it, but CBS, uh, all access picked it up, which is now Paramount Plus. And, uh, in, I was kind of following that project for a while and just following Blake J. Harris. We'd spoken years ago when he first put out the book and he was aware of my, my show, my, uh, my series and the old footage. And he, he always thought it was cool. We talked, uh, briefly about years ago, about five years ago, maybe. And he remembered though, all that, all that, that conversation we had. And he remembered my series. And when they were going into post-production on his documentary, he, um, he messaged me. He got in contact with me and said, Hey, Tyler, would you like to be, I'd really, I remembered you all these years. I remembered that footage and it really would be great to use some of that old footage in our film. Uh, would you be interested in that? So yeah, we, we started to collaborate in the post-production process and, um, it was such a thrill, man. It was such a thrill to get, um, you know, this, my old family footage that dad shot. Uh, they used quite a bit of it. They used quite a bit of footage throughout that film. Um, so it, it's really great. It's not just in one segment. If you watch that movie, my old home movie footage is kind of, um, seen throughout the film. And it, yeah. it's, it's such a special, special thing for me and my family to, to be a part of that. Um, when my, uh, when we watched it for the first time, we saw the end credits and my name was there right next to dad's name. It said Tyler Esposito and Mark Esposito in the, in the special mm-hmm. bank section of the credits. It was such an incredible, um, emotional experience. Yeah. Um, having lost dad all those years ago and to, to know that like, wow, this big movie about that hobby and passion of ours has come out. You know, and it's it's going to be seen by many many people, and it's it's just this authentic story, this, the official tale of how you know you know endorsed by Tom Kalinsky and and all those you know it's just it was amazing. It was really really <laughs> cool to be a be a part of that, and um, very special. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah, it it actually fits the the whole narrative of of the book, and actually what happened because it's. No real life experience from from the people from the gamers who lived it, right? In a way, from from the American families in this case. That yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One very particular cool. American family. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't it. What you, there was a lot of our footage used, but uh, there was other other kids. Some footage got used from other people, mm-hmm. um, and I actually got to meet one of them. Uh, we got we connected through us both being in this film, the crying Nintendo kid, as he goes by, and uh, his name's Steve, and he's a great guy. We've we've become friends now. Uh, it's kind of funny. We we were like uh, we, we we always feel like like kindred brothers or something like that because we're we're both uh, still majorly into gaming and have YouTube channels, and and both of us were in that movie, and it's just funny. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so Tyler, um, I've got a, a couple of questions to wrap our, our chat up, and one of them is, 
explain to people why you're such a, a massive Sega fan. I know you're a massive video game fan as a whole, but what, what about Sega makes it so special for you? Well, Sega was, there was something about the, the way that they made their games. They felt very, um, they felt like a, they felt like a real, almost like a character themselves, Sega, because the games had such style and they, 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 you knew when you were playing a Sega game, you were playing a Sega game. It just, you felt it. It just oozed this certain <laughs> style. Uh, and I think because of that, there was just a, a, a deeper connection between us as gamers, me specifically, dad specifically, uh, a deeper connection with what we were playing and that it was made by a particular company that we, we, we were, it's almost like when you, when you start, when you get into movies or music, like by an artist or by a, a company like Disney or something like that, you, you really feel like you're, you're connecting with that band or, or that, um, artist or, or that company, like their movies, because of that style that's kind of this interwoven thread in all of their works, this kind of same feel. So I, we connected with that on a, on a level that was deeper than Nintendo, I'd say deeper than N Nintendo mm -hmm. always kind of felt like maybe a little more corporate, a little more, you know, conglomerate, like this big company. And they were, they made great games. They still do. But for whatever reason, we were able to connect with Sega on a deeper level and it became this thing of following them throughout their ups and downs because we just connected with them and we wanted to see them succeed. They were like the, the home team. We wanted to always root for the home team and, and, and wish them well. And, and we knew they always had they had it in them to innovate. And that was, that was a big thing too about why we love Sega yeah. was they were always innovating. Dad and I would always say this, that what is Nintendo doing? Especially during like the 16-bit um, era. Uh, it was, it was like, what are they, what are they doing? They're not, they're just sitting on the Super Nintendo. Why haven't they put out a new console? Why, you know, they waited, it seemed like forever to put out um, the 64. Really, it was only like five years now. And that seemed like so, <laughs> it seemed like a long time back then. But, um, you know, we, we were, we would love that Sega put out the Sega CD and was, was, was expanding technology and pushing the envelope, uh, of the games industry with new technology like that and trying new things. The Sega channel. I mean, come on. The, no, there was no other company doing anything like that. Really, even in just the world, you, you're talking about early, like cable, almost internet, technology where you plugged your phone line into a, a modem like a, a and, and these games got sucked into the modem and into your genesis like it was so <laughs> so foreign in 1995 to be doing something like that so it was stuff like that that really just made us feel like sega was the best sega were the cutting edge top of the line the innovators and 
it was because of that we were always excited about what they were going to do next. They were the, they were always the most exciting thing. It, it, Nintendo, we got real excited when the 64 came out, but then it quickly it would quickly diminish and go back to okay, what's Sega going to do? What's Sega going to do? And they really blew us away with the Dreamcast. I mean, it was um, it was like we felt like they were back on top, and it was. I think I mentioned it earlier. It was such a sad thing when they called it quits in the hardware business because it, it did. It felt like they were giving up, and they were. They had to, mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it, it did. It, I, I definitely want to talk about this sometime in a video for my channel because um, I did have such a strange array of motion of emotions when when they called it quits, um, <laughs> and I still I still remember how I felt. And it was very sad. I felt like a friend of mine died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it felt it felt like a, a friend died or something. Um, but you know, obviously, they've still remained and they've still put out great games over over the years. But I definitely, I'm a I'm an old school Sega fan who definitely sees the feels like there there's a there's a big difference between Sega pre-Dreamcast and Sega post-Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah there is, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Are, do you feel like in, in recent years um, there's been a resurgence of that old-school Sega feel in a way in some games, or have you I, not yeah. been... Yeah, I've been very yeah. happy with what's been happening recently in the last few years with um, the Sega Mini, where Sega really poured time and effort into making a great classic console mini, miniature console and um and then that you've got all these kind of reboot slash remaster remakes of classic sega games and, and sega's recognizing that even if they don't develop it in-house they know that they need to give it to a company like lizard cube or um you know so we've seen we've seen wonder boy come back in a beautiful incredible game we've seen yeah. Um, Streets of Rage come back in an incredible sequel. Um, we've seen Sonic come back in, in one of his strongest games ever, um, yeah. Sonic Mania. The, the list is kind of, it keeps going on. The, there was, you know, the great line of Sega Ages, you know, came back on the Nintendo Switch. I thought that was great while it lasted. Um, Panzer Dragoon had a really great remake. Um, that I've I've really enjoyed, mm-hmm. um, and then now we've got a new Alex kid coming. So we are, I feel, in the middle of a kind of a resurgence in Sega taking care of their old IPs, or at least doing something with them. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, very refreshing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah, it's it feels like some of the old Sega is slowly coming back <laughs> although and i think it, that's yeah i think that's because a lot of the people working at sega now grew up with with the mm-hmm. games yeah and they 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 are ushering in they're the ones saying hey we need to do this we need to do this because this is the this is the legacy i mean really when you think about it um it is their legacy these old characters these old games and and to do nothing with them is just a waste for sure, yeah. Excellent. Tyler, final question. You've answered this question before, but I'm going to ask again seven years later. All right. So, <laughs> if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, 
what would it be and why? <laughs> hmm. I will tell I you what, what your answer was afterwards. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to influence your answer now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, something, something to make it more p- powerful or faster, whatever. What would benefit yeah. from from this? Is, this might sound, um, this might sound a little sappy, but um, I would say I would add blast processing to empathy. Um, mm. I think if the world of people in general could empathize a little bit more instead of criticize and instead of hate, you name it. I think the word empathy is something we need to blast process in the world because, you know, there's just, um, you see it in the, the headlines, the, the world we live in, you know, the last few years have been pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. And I think it's, I think it's because there's a lot of a lack of empathy. Empathy is something that I personally, um, have learned to understand a lot in my life over the last, few years obviously i i always had empathy but i think i grew to understand empathy in a deeper way in the last seven years since we talked so it like i said so it might, might be a little sappy might be a little deep but um i think empathy is something we all could use in the world so let's let's blast process it i agree i agree yeah that's that's actually a, a, a an amazing answer and we should all be more empathic. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Do you remember the, the question you gave, the answer you gave me? No, I have no <laughs> idea what was it. That's, that's fun. I'm gonna, that'd much, be interesting. much lighter than that one. Okay. Uh, you said ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I do love uh, ice cream. Ice cream is great. I do love ice cream. <laughs> it but, does yeah. also need blast processing. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 blast process our ice cream with a side of empathy. Exactly. <laughs> or, or let's bro, let's Wait. opposite. Let's let's blast yeah, process opposite. our empathy with a side of ice cream. Yeah, that, that's a good incentive. You know, people who <laughs> develop empathy will get some free ice cream with blast. There processing. you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, so Tyler, thank you again for for coming on the show. Uh, we have to do this again. Uh, you know, and and don't not wait seven years to. Have you back yes, on the show. absolutely, David. <laughs> and um, everyone should check out the links in the show notes and check out my uh, retro life, which is an amazing channel. Uh, any any plans, by the way, Tyler, that you'd like to to share? I don't know if you have any kind of uh, projects coming up. Any any plans that you'd like to share? Or yeah, um, so. I'm continuing to produce the My Retro Life series. There's about 20 or so more episodes of the main series with me and my family growing up. Um, so the, the, it is not, it's gonna, it's gonna end at some point. I don't have an unlimited supply of the old home movie footage. <laughs> but what I have started doing, and the first incarnation of this came out a few days ago, is, uh, I've started to tell other people's retro stories. So, this last video I put out a few days ago, I'm calling it Other Retro Lives. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a friend of mine named Seth. He's a collector here in Texas where I live. And uh, he, he's got a really great collection. And I basically went over to his place. And I'm also um, in video production. And um, I do that 
for a living and, and do freelance gigs and all sorts of stuff and editing and do the YouTube channel also. And, um, so we did the first episode done like this in this incarnation telling Seth's story and specifically a crazy story of how when he was younger, he foolishly threw away all of his Nintendo over 40 or 50 Nintendo boxes, uh, NES boxes, <laughs> cardboard boxes. And the reason he tossed them was because they were just cardboard. And uh, that was all he thought of and it became a huge regret. If he had kept them, they're worth over $4,000 today. Um, and it, it, it always, it's one of his biggest collecting regrets <laughs> in his life. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm starting to kind of focus in on, on more, um, on telling stories of other people's lives in retro gaming and in gaming. And it's, it's, I'm excited. I've already got a few more lined up. Um, so Excellent. excited to see where that goes. Excellent. And you, you put out a, a video last year, I think. Yeah, last year. Uh, which was your daughter reacting to, uh, the Super Mario 35th anniversary direct, right? So yes, I, yep. I'm guessing it, 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 this is adorable, by the way, but uh, it's also safe to say that you've been uh, recording her as well, right? Yes, so th yes, There will I have. be a legacy in the in the, the Esposito family of right. Yeah. I, every now and then we'll put we'll put out another video every now and then with with her. But I've almost kind of felt like lately I felt like let me not keep making these videos because maybe one day maybe one day she yes, will want to them. make them yeah, yeah she'll want to yeah. make them like i made the ones for dad that dad shot yeah um so maybe one day we film all this footage and we maybe she'll do what i did and and in you know 20 uh, 30 years something like that she'll be making her own retro life yeah that would be great. Yeah, I think that's a smart choice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tyler, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure to talk to you, to have you on the show. Um, and we'll talk again soon, hopefully. All right, David, thank you. Have a good one. have it everyone go subscribe to my retro life and follow tyler's creative endeavors he's also got a patreon which you can support you'll find all links in the show notes and that's all the time that we have for the week so i'll be getting off this chair and closing the doors of the lounge in a moment but let me just remind you that we'll be back next week with another show and in the meantime feel free to check out our back catalog of over 150 episodes you can browse through them and find more information on most of the guests we've had over at thesegalounge.com. I hope you all have a great week, play some Sega games, and above all else, stay safe. I'll see you all next time. Bye bye The Sega Lounge. Hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Follow us on Twitter at thesegalounge and like us at facebook.com 
slash The Sega Lounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions podcast.